Hi, folks. This is producer Gil Lamar. While recording this episode, the signal from our sister station seems to have bled into our show. The audio's faint and shouldn't detract from your enjoyment of the chat with the Robinson chefs. Consider it a party happening around you as you imagine some fine open fire cooking. And now, Judd's Napa Valley Show. Hi there, this is Barry Martin, actor, playwright, spokesman for the city of Napa, and co-founder of Lucky Penny Productions. I've got Judd editing my latest opus for the stage. What does this mean, exit stage left? Isn't that what Snacklepuss used to say? Shh. So I'm introducing today's show. In this episode, Judd welcomes Morgan and Irma Robinson of Smoke Open Fire Catering. You'll dig meeting these two cool and yet so hot chefs while getting a few tips about cooking over fire for your next soiree, fete, or weenie roast. Before we get to it, please know that Judd wants you to visit him at his family's winery, Judd's Hill, right there at the south end of Silverado Trail. Visiting information is at www.juddshill.com. And while you're online, have a look at their events page, quirky videos, and of course, wines. Put some wines in your cart, and as a special treat for listening, type in coupon code JNVS in lowercase letters and get 15% off your entire wine order. Join their wine club and get an even better deal than that. Now, enjoy today's show. And scene. I feel like I, I, I really had something going there. Uh, I'm proud of that. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. Get ready for another heap full of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show, on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, live from the 1440 KVON studio in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lord Mole, and here's your host, Judd Finglestein. Good morning, Lauren. Top of the day, Judd. Top of the day, Lauren. Tell me what's new in the life of Lauren Mole. Oh, gosh. I had so much fun this past weekend in The Sound of Music in Sonoma. Yes, this was your big, uh, the big show, the big weekend. That's right. How'd it go? It went great. Yeah? I had such a marvelous time. Sold out crowds, standing out ovations. Crowd. Absolutely. Showered with flowers afterwards. Yeah, we didn't get that after the last show. Oh. But the first few shows? Uh, the first few shows, not so much. <laughs> no flowers. Okay, but everything else. Everything else went great. I've noticed that you are still sporting that dashing mustache of yours that you grew for the party. You going to hold on to that? Uh, no. I'm going to shave it off tomorrow morning. Or until the glue wears off? No. <laughs> No, it's it's a real it's a real mustache, and you grew that for the character of Max. Uh, Max Detweiler. Detweiler. Yeah, but I'm officially going to shave it off tomorrow morning. Oh, really? So next week we can look forward to seeing a clean-shaven yes. Lorne Mole. Yes, just going back to plain old me. Now, your theatrical headshot, I'm trying to remember, do you have a mustache or no mustache? Uh, normally, normally for other parts I don't have a mustache. Okay, very good. Is there anything on the horizon now that this one is done? Oh, uh, I have a couple of other events coming up. That, that I'd like to plug this week for those sure. that did not catch the show last week. Okay, what you got? So for this Thursday, the uh, the 15th, 
I will be in my 11th year as the MC for the annual Community Advisory Committee Inclusion Awards presentation this Thursday at the at the school board meeting at the Napa Valley Unified School District building. Oh, that's right. That's right. Where you you give out the awards. That's right. You're the MC. That's right. For 11 years. Yes. That astounded me when you said that last week because you are a young man as it is. You started as a kid. And in sixth grade. When you were probably about 11. Right. I, wow. That's, that's right. And for those a prodigy. That, yes, but for those for those that do not know, uh, these awards include uh, regular and special education students in in regular classrooms for for all the schools around Napa County. That's wonderful. That's right. So this is something I've been doing for a long time. And if you want to, you're welcome to come see me at 7 o'clock on Thursday night if you want to. And another event I have coming yeah. up. Oh, yes. A little is, smile on your face, is, man. So it's something good, I can tell. Oh, yes. It's at the. It's over at the Napa Valley Opera House oh, on, yes. on the 28th. I'll be performing with Terry Bradford and the Napa Valley Community Chorus. At the Opera House. Yes. And tickets are available house. through Terry, through the Opera House? Uh Either one of those. TerryBradford.com, right? Uh, yes, if you may say so. Spe- <laughs> I might. <laughs> yes, but speaking of which, the concert happens to be on a Wednesday night, so you will not be seeing me as the voice of the Napa show with Artie Party that night. Well, as I said before, folks can just... Um, TiVo it. Right. They can uh, TiVo Artie Party and then go see you and then come home and watch the Artie Party show. There you go. Cool. That's all I got to plug. That's it? No more plugs? Nope. (laughs) Well, then I'll plug a couple things. I'll try to make it quick. Also at the Opera House, the new city winery, Judd's Hill, um, they're hosting a dinner, a Judd's Hill wine dinner, which ought to be fun, June 14th. I'm not sure that the ticket link is up yet. I'm just mentioning this as a save the date. It's coming up in just about a month. So I hope you'll put that on your calendar, and I will have details soon. You can check the Judd's Hill Facebook page judshill.com and of course I will be uh, mentioning it next week when we have a ticket link up but that's June 14th at City Winery this coming Saturday one of my favorite organizations in Napa Valley is the Children's Health Initiative Napa County which makes sure it started off making sure that all children in Napa County have access to health care they're covered by health insurance now it's all people they'll they will help anybody get Insurance. It's it's a great organization. They're having their big gala and fundraiser, sit-down dinner, live auction, silent auction, fine wines. That's happening up at Duckhorn up in St. Helena this coming Saturday night, May 17th. If you would like tickets, you can go to www.napachi.org. Napachi.org. And the phone number is 707 227 307-227-0830 to get tickets to go to that, to get more information. If you just want to look at their website, find out what they're all about, that make a great, donation Jen. that way, I'd say go for it. It's going to be fun. That sounds great, Judd. It does. You know what else sounds great? What? Starting today's show. Ah, yes. Let's do it, shall we? We have a couple guests here. Why not, they're smiling. Jen? They look ready to talk. Oh, yeah. All right. Give them an intro, will you? Sure. Let's get them puffed up, Judd. All right. <laughs> On this show, we have fun. But this is no joke. For finely grilled grub, these are your folk. Here in the studio, it's about time that they spoke. It's Morgan and Irma Robinson, chef owners of Smoke. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How about that intro, huh? Wow. Have you ever in your life? No. Had such a rousing introduction? Never. That's because we have a professional in Mr. Lauren Mole here. Welcome. Thank you guys you, have Smoke Thanks. Open Fire. Uh, is that the, that's the official name, or is there one Smoke more word? Open fire cooking. Cooking. I thought I was missing something. Smoke open fire cooking. Uh, I've been to some events that you guys have done, and it is 
not only delicious, but it's impressive with the presentation that you give. But, but actually, before we even start talking about that, you brought something here. You, you brought me a gift. This is one of the vases. I'm, I'm going to hold it in my hands. It's sturdy. It's a beautiful glass vase. Uh, this is the this is the type of vase that um, you guys use at your events on the on the table uh, on occasion yes on for, occasion. Our, for our more sort of rustic like our rustic and sort of farm yeah uh, farm to table type farm to table type event. events yeah well do you mind if I offer to share this with uh, with the it audience? has a monetary value it, it absolutely does so it's from the inaugural event yes okay and it's historic for you <laughs> all right well I'm holding in my hands a vase. Um, beautiful vase. I just set down. You can hear the weight on it. And I'm willing to share this. This is the goodie that you brought me. So if you'd like to get your hands on Judd's goodies <laughs> and you are at your computer, your smartphone, and you have access to Twitter, all it takes, be the very first person to tweet with hashtag JNVS for Judd's Napa Valley Show. Hashtag JNVS and write, get in my hands on Judd's goodies, and I would be happy to share this to you. I'll bring it back to Judd's Hill Winery, and you swing by in the next few days. It'll be there for you. So tweet that with hashtag JNVS, get in my hands on Judd's goodies. You will have this beautiful vase from Smoke Open Fire Cooking. Now, let's talk about Smoke Open Fire. Actually, let's talk about you guys first, then we'll get to Smoke. Mm -hmm. Um, Morgan, Irma, you both come from... Cooking background is that is that correct? Did you grow up? Well, you cooking? by default, right? Because it's cultural, correct? Well, I mean, I, I definitely grew up with beautiful cuisine. My mom is the matriarch of our family, and she is an amazing cook. Yeah. Um, our my heritage is Mexican, and so you know, just some beautiful Mexican food at home, and so I think I've I've always developed a you know a taste for food well made from the heart. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And so you, your your household just always had cooking going on. The whole family cooked, and it, yeah. it's just part of who you are. The family has always always uh, come together at mom's home, and that's how she shows her love for all of us. Oh, isn't that great? Yeah, that's, that's one of the beautiful aspects of, of Mexican culture in particular, how they how everybody gathers around the table on a regular basis, mm-hmm. and there's always just some great cook in the family, and and the, even families will argue, no, mine's better than yours. No, you're, and it's every, everybody's mom is the best cook, or maybe it's their grandmother. My, my mom officially makes the best Mexican refried beans and rice. Yeah, around. And where, no where, doubt, hands down. Where is your mom? Where's my mom? She's uh, based in in the Bay Area. She's in South San Francisco. Oh, South San. Okay, not too far. I was just thinking, very know, how far away Every is she? Every time we go on a trip, yeah. mom is right there for airport connection. Yeah, we. Oh, okay, good. Does she come up this way often? Can she bring a little? Yes. Uh, Thankfully, care she package? does. <laughs> she she could. Yes, oh, okay. I, I think her most. Uh, uh, sort of treasured uh, uh, food item that she does for us is every Christmas she does tamales. So it's only oh, once a year. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think my favorite are the the uh, chile verde tamales. Uh, yes. But uh, I have a sweet tooth, so the sugar tamales are Christmas morning. Can't can't do without those. No, there's this a lot of rich the real sweet, the sweet corn. Uh, the, the masa and yeah. uh, sugar, and oftentimes she'll do raisins and pineapple. Oh, wow. There's a that lot of ritual wonderful. that goes into it. Yeah, After tell. 10 years, I've, I've officially, uh, I haven't quite made it off the corn husk washing. Yes. So it, 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 <laughs> thank you, that's, that's my job. Thank you're apprenticing. He is Here you are, this, this famous chef in Napa Valley. <laughs> I can't touch the food yet. I'm, I'm still not working. Not in Tita's kitchen. No, no, no. Not in Tita's kitchen. I'm, 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 I'm on corn husk. So. Wow. 
I haven't graduated anything else yet. So. <laughs> okay, well, maybe one day. Yeah, maybe you start. in 15 years, you know, I'll have the mark, and then and then I can move up to Masa or something like that. <laughs> and what is your background in cooking? Uh, you know, I grew up in uh, in the hills of Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. uh, where we had uh, I had five older brothers and sisters, and I was. But I'm going to stop just for one sec. But uh, born in Mexico, correct? Correct. Yes. Yes. And so they still won't let you touch the tamales. No. Okay. No. And That's although good. I'm the only one with the Mexican passport. Okay. But I say I have the Mexican in my blood. Oh. What are they? I'm <laughs> <laughs> channeling Artie yeah, Party over here, exactly. Lauren. That's great. So, yeah, I'm the only real Mexican in the family besides your mom. That's what I like to tell her. Goat every <laughs> and time. yet that counts for nothing exactly. when it comes to tamales. Absolutely. Okay, I'm sorry. So you grew up around Santa Barbara, though. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so sort of like, um, you know, the, at the time, lots of growing vegetables and things like that. Mom was really into food, Julia Child, all that sort of stuff, who actually lived not too far from us. And oh, Santa wow. Barbara. Yeah, yeah. And she kept a summer home there, um, and actually one of the our neighbors, her his mother was her assistant there in the kitchen. But that being said, so food was always important and thought of highly, and then I always wanted to cook, and I just sort of fell into it, like most cooks do. They fell into it, they fall into it, and I just took it a little more seriously than other people. So food, yes, growing up was important, and mm-hmm. I was a chubby kid, and there was not a food I didn't like. Oh. You know, I was I was that kid that you wanted. I I made it very clear you can invite me over for dinner and I'd show your kids how to eat. So, really? Oh yeah, broccoli. You can rent yourself out. Oh yeah, that's oh, yeah. a good example. To exactly, kids. exactly. The only thing I didn't like was peanut butter and celery sticks, but other than that, oh. I could do it all. Yeah. Classic childhood snack, but no go for you. But you were, but to make up for it, you ate everything else. Yes, exactly. Anything. Eggplant, peppers, I didn't care. I no kidding. On... Brussels sprouts. No, didn't matter. Did yeah. not matter. Did wow. not matter. Enjoyed it. I was the opposite. I was oh, yeah. the pain in the Were you the picky the eater, Irma? Yeah. I, I didn't eat onions. My family would have to pull over at McDonald's and for, to wait for my special cheeseburger, no onions. Oh. Yeah. My siblings were like, I can't believe that. Holding up the drive-thru. And I didn't go to McDonald's until high school. Really? Yeah. And just, this was a familial thing? They just... No, well, just also Santa Barbara is sort of is similar to some other communities around where where a lot of the... Cha- I mean, it's changing now you mm-hmm. know, as, as we... But there's a lot of family-owned small businesses that yeah. had other, you know, like the original Habit Burger was just the burger joint at the end of Milpa Street. And that's okay. the one you went to when you went, when you got done swimming, you went to Habit. And there was one. Right. You know, and that was it. And now it's, now it's here everywhere. In Napa, yeah, yeah, exactly. So those are the sort of things that, that, that Santa Barbara sort of affords you growing up. So That's speak. nice. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, oh. it was neat. So I had no idea what... A rounded and varied experience. Yeah, 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 just little things like that. Like I, I remember being in college and someone said, yeah, my parents are building a custom home. And I was like, wow, what's a custom home? <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. And it wasn't a track house. But in I Santa see, Barbara, there are no track houses. Right, you know right. what I mean? So I had no idea what that. Well, they weren't then. They're probably now. Well, not really. You can't. Everything, you have to buy a lot. There's no, there's no land. It's built out. So if you want to build a house, you got to destroy a house and then rebuild and it. Build something else. Yeah. And your folks have been, or not your folks, your whole family's been in California a long time. Yeah, uh, exactly. Have they always been around the Santa Barbara area? No, I no, think. no. My dad, my dad, uh, my dad was considerably older. So he was born in '24. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and his father moved to Los Angeles in the Dust Bowl in the middle of the Great Depression to find work. They yeah. did. They sent for the rest of their family. My dad went into World War II. Yeah. Um, and but he worked on a couple of projects down there. Uh, the Spruce Goose. Oh, no kidding. Spruce Goose wow. at the end of high school. Uh, and then got out and took the GI Bill and uh, sailed up the coast in his little boat and went to Santa Barbara and never left. No kidding. Uh, and then, but on my mother's side, I had a 
five generations ago, a grandfather that sailed into the port of San Francisco with a boat full of provisions, and every single every single sailor jumped ship to go run off in Themnar Hills, which was 1849. No kidding. He lost the entire crew. Oh, That's wow. the bad news. The good news is he had provisions. And what did people need during the gold rush? They he could a set up shop. Yeah, he set up shop. And so he set up in Manteca, and they sold horses and dry wow. goods and did very well for themselves. What a story. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Wow, you're a California boy from way back. Yeah, five generations. So what got you into the into the cooking? Well, right, so that cooking was... So I went to call. I always liked food, loved it. Went to uh, worked in a couple restaurants as a busboy in high school. Um, and then I moved when I was 21, right at the, like a week after I turned 21, I moved to Southern Oregon to a little town called Ashland, mm-hmm. uh, very similar to Santa Barbara in a lot of ways. And I uh, got off the Greyhound bus and I went, oh my, I need a job. What am I going to do? I was so excited to go to school that I hadn't even thought about financially how I was going to support myself. So I got off the Greyhound bus and I looked across the street and there was a restaurant upstairs called Alex's, Alex's in the Plaza, and it looked like a real nice bar and grill, mm-hmm. um, and I walked up the stairs, and then I asked the bartender, I said, um, do you need any busboys? And he's like, um, no, why don't you go talk to Dan, the chef? So I walked into the kitchen like I owned it, you know, like you would when you were 21, and, <laughs> yeah. and I said, Dan, do you, do you need any busboys? And Dan looked at me like I was crazy, and then said, I don't need any busboys, but I need a dishwasher. And then I said, well, okay, well, I'll fill out an application. He's like, no, I need a dishwasher, like, in an hour. If you no want a job, minimum wage, roll up your sleeves, go out to the bar, to have work. a fruit juice, and I'll see you in an hour. <laughs> I didn't have a place to stay that night, but that's exactly what I did. I put my snowboard in my duffel bag at the yeah. back door, worked a shift, figure out where I was going to stay that night. And then I went to college during the day and worked in, in the restaurant at night, worked my way up to cook after a couple of years. And then and you um, studied at some yeah, so prestigious then what ap- places. Yeah, so I woke up one morning on a Sunday where normally you'd just be like, why am I going to work? And I actually mm-hmm. liked it. <laughs> That's and a good sign. So I, so I asked Dan, the chef, that day. I said, Dan, you know, I think I might want to be a chef. And he's like, you know, Morgan, I think you'd make a good chef. Uh, so that was 1992. Right. So I went to the New England Culinary Institute in mm-hmm. Vermont. Um, very, it was. I chose it over all of the schools in the country. Uh, it was the only school that didn't accept me on first application. Oh, made me really? wait about two years to get into the program. Wow. And it was two years, very long, hard. Uh, enjoyed it. I came out to Napa Valley to Bistro Don Giovanni right after it opened. You read my mind. You know, then what brought you to Napa? <laughs> exactly, isn't it? Well, I had a grandmother, actually, that moved mm-hmm. here in 1973. Oh, wow. She was, yes, my grandma, Grandma Persis. So she's a... She was a nursing instructor at Napa Valley Community College for years. So if there's people listening, they probably know my grandmother. Uh, she's not quite... She, a lot of people in the Valley know her. So she, she bought some property here in the 70s. So I've been coming to Napa my entire life. So when I was looking at culinary destinations on the map, oh, yeah. and if you're really serious in cooking school, you know, there's New York, San Francisco, Napa Valley at the time. Maybe one or two places in Chicago and Louisiana that you might want to go work at. But this is the you know the mid '90s, and you wanted to go where the food episode. If you were serious about it, so yeah, things were popping. Yeah, so it was, it was it was much easier to come to Napa where I had family than say New York City where I knew nobody. Uh, so I came out here on first internship, went back to school, and then second internship, I we had a master chef of France. Um, Michelle LeBourne that had taken an interest in me and I, I went to Michelle one day and I said, you know, I only want to work for a master chef of France. He's like, okay, well you call my friend Philippe at Domaine Chandon. You tell him I send you. Uh, okay. So I, I, got, I was like, well, alright. Well, so I called Philippe up and uh, 
He said, okay, well, uh, I guess you're hired. You better send your resume for HR, though. Oh, really? He just hired you? Yeah, well, he said if Michelle would not have recommended you if if you weren't a good kid. Yeah. Who you know? It was pretty funny. Yeah, it was pretty funny. You got a job over the phone with no resume. And you started cooking at Domain Chandon? Yeah, and it just never really left. I spent a year at the Ritz and Aspen, but other than that, it just never left. And had you two met yet? Because you come from a restaurant family as well, right, Irma? I I did, yes. Actually, thinking back, my my grandmother, my mother's mom, uh, when she immigrated to the United States, she opened up a restaurant in South San Francisco that my mom worked out with her, obviously probably where she developed, you know, being such a good cook. Um, but, um, I, you know, as I said, I was sort of a picky eater as a child. Yeah. Uh, I really developed sort of my love for food and wine um, when I left uh, uh, the U.S. and moved to Australia. I moved to Melbourne, Australia. And I worked oh. for, I wasn't in the food industry, but I was in events. Uh-huh. And I was a uh, project manager and I was the one who was able to book all the events for the team. And so I would pick, you know, amazing restaurants or, you know, put together. You were very programs. savvy in the food world. Well, yeah. and, you know, if you're, I was working with Microsoft and another IT company. And so there was sort of a lot of money on the table there. And you're making good money. You're young. And you're <laughs> able to dine at some of the, for me, I, you know, was my eyes were opened up to amazing food and wine scene in Melbourne. So great. Um, when I left there in 2001, I came back home and I said, gosh, you know, how do I roll this lifestyle into what I do professionally. And that's when I started thinking, well, that's either got to be similar to Morgan's, you know, mindset. It's either got to be San Francisco, the East Bay, Oakland. I I thought there was really great restaurants there Mm -hmm. or Napa, which is in my backyard. So um, my idea was to maybe start temping at some of the wineries. And my first temp assignment was at Cake Bread Wine Cellars. Oh, and Where I was some, a sous chef I'll say the somebody was cooking over there, wasn't he? Somebody was on their last week there, and he happened to be showing his grandmother around, who uh, uh-huh. who wanted to see the winery one last time before Morgan left. And so the rest is sort of. And that's history. a sweet sight, you know. You see a guy with his grandma. Well, especially oh. when the right. grandmother says, "You're a nice young lady. Put your phone number down here. My grandson will call you." Really? Yeah, my grandmother put my life for me. Yeah. Good going, Grandma. <laughs> exactly. It worked out nicely. I do yeah. have her to thank for that. Cool. So the two of you met up. You have similar, you know, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to use the word, even though I think it's totally overused, but I think in this case it works. You have similar passions in life, you know? You're, yeah, there was like food and some, wine. Some and strong passions for food and wine. And, and I had been in Australia, so I didn't know much about California wines. Mm. When I left, I wasn't really into wine. I sort of beer and cocktails. But okay. um, when I came back, you know, Morgan sort of shared with me a lot of really cool California wines and taught me a little bit about French wines. In fact, I think the first wine that you had, first bottle you casually had open at your place was, what was it again? A, uh, just a Bittard Monarchet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had been gifted Nothing a, a, a fantastic seller from uh, a an amazing wine collector. So I had all these, and predominantly white burgundies, which oh, okay. I really like. So, so, so she would come over, Marceau, Monarchet, those all these sort of things. Yeah, and that, a beautiful meal. Just hanging out. You and know. Yeah. nice on the eyes, so. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, that, handsome gentlemen serving you fancy French wines and good meals. Yeah, yeah. I thought I, I could get I could used to it. this. Sure. And then, and then at the time also working at Cake Bread and having a seller of that also, which was nice. And I, trans- I moved over to uh, Constellation Wines as the chef of Franciscan, Franciscan Estates, uh, when we first started dating. So there was a whole array of wines also there to enjoy sure. and try that were interesting. So um, for me, that was exciting. You know, I was in a new place, mm-hmm. you know, 
my my original home, but you know, I had been in Australia for four years, so it was it was fun exploring wine country. Great. Napa Valley. You guys are making it happen. We're gonna have to take a break right now. When we come back, we're gonna talk about the business as sure. it is today and what you're doing and the smoke open fire cooking that you do and it's Terrific. basically eponymous. It's the name of your company and it's what you do. So we'll be right back with Morgan and Irma Robinson of Smoke Open Fire Cooking. We'll be back with more of Judd's Napa Valley Show right after these messages. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of finkel fun. At 1440 on your AM dial in Napa. And streaming live in Philadelphia at KVON.com, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. Philly, you got folks in Philly? No, just for the heck of it. Why not? Just to pick a geographic location offhand. City of brotherly love. We all love each other here. It's very appropriate. You know, I want to mention, too, I didn't say this at the beginning. We have, I haven't checked Twitter yet, but we have this beautiful vase brought to us by Morgan and Irma Robinson, who are my guests. If you would like to get your hands on Judd's goodies, all you have to do is tweet with the hashtag JNVS, and then write, get in my hands on Judd's goodies. The first person in can get that. Also, I would like to give away two tickets to a very secret little reception party we're having this coming Wednesday night at an undisclosed location in the city of Napa. It's invite only. It is the Northern California premiere of the latest episode of our web series, Wine Booty. This particular episode co-stars Gerald Casale from the band Devo, uh, the wine pirate. We're going to have food. We're going to have wine, fun videos. It's at 6 p.m. Wednesday night somewhere in Napa. And I would love for two people out there in Radioland to to join me Ah. and the gang. So, again, if you're on Twitter, you got to use Twitter. Tweet with the hashtag WineBooty. WineBooty. That's all there is to it, right? WineBooty. And then something like, something polite, like, I, I would very much like to attend the premiere. Something like that. Simple as that. First person with the hashtag wine booty, I want to go with you to the premiere. I will uh, get in touch, and we will get you the tickets. Should be a lot of fun. We're here with Morgan and Irma Robinson of Smoke Open Fire Cooking, which is exactly what you guys do. You cook over open fire with this gigantic uh, grill that you had custom made, and it is the coolest thing. There's flames. There's smoke. It's whole animals there's 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 pieces there's veggies there's everything you can cook you're cooking over open Correct. fire and it smells great it looks impressive it's delicious and um do we need to say more or did i just kind no, of plug no, it all no no pretty much we got it okay well then I'll we'll see you explain. next week <laughs> <laughs> no yeah let's let's talk about how this got going right, this is so, really so cool what happened here was i was i was at my corporate job for constellation and uh i'm one of six kids and None of us work for anybody else. And my father was an architect in Santa Barbara, so it's not really in my blood to work for a big company. Entrepreneurial. An entrepreneur. So I kept throwing ideas off my wife, bouncing and she goes, no, that's crazy, that's crazy, that's crazy. And eventually <laughs> I came up with one, and the, it sort of goes back to my Santa Barbara roots. I was originally thinking that I would have this giant Santa Maria grill, and then I would go around to all these wineries that I had assumed, because I was used to working at wineries that had full-blown hospitality programs, uh-huh. and I would just show up and cook. Great. And I would have this grill, and I'd bring a whole cooler of vegetables and a whole cooler of proteins and cook on a large scale. Your olive oil, your salt. Your yeah, wine. olive oil, salt, pepper, lemon juice. That's all I needed. But the challenge was, I think I went on two events, 
before I realized, uh-oh, I need to, this business plan needs to change. Mm. And the original, the reason I, I call it smoke was because I cook with an open fire. And the reason I cook with an open fire is that way I cook everything on site fresh. Mm, and, yeah. and you can you can fake a lot of things, but you can't fake freshness. Mm. Just like you can't fake, but you can't sell Lodi fruit as as you know Napa Valley fruit just because it's just not the same product. Just like if you use really good product, you can't mess. So if you start with really good product, your job there is just to sort of not mess it up along <laughs> okay. the way. Does that make sense? Just, it makes a lot of sense. Just hands off, salt, pepper, some open fire, and most of the men. He makes it sound so simple. It, he makes it look simple, too, when he's doing it. I've been to a couple events that you've done. And that's sort of the idea. And, and, and we started thinking, I started thinking, like, what, what are some of the best meals here in the Valley? And a lot of the best meals in the Valley are maybe, like, in your backyard, you know, on a Sunday getting an invite or another winemaker that I know or, or, or just friends that are not necessarily even chefs. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, hey, let's come over Sunday evening and we'll have this. We appreciate we were, nice food. Yeah, and they'll, people will open these beautiful wines, and there'll be all these really simple foods, and a lot of times it's just grilled. And I'm, and that's when I started thinking, that's why people really want to eat in the Valley. They come from other places. Um, and I started thinking there's a real opportunity because most of the catering up until that point had been pretty much uh, pretty much sort of like continental cuisine, if you will. Okay. Chinese buffet, we do that. You want dim sum, we do that. You want Napa Valley beet salad, we do that. It's like we're all, it's, it's every menu you could ever think of, and none of it very good. So I started thinking, well, have a little bit of focus, keep it fresh, and do what you do. So that was the, the antithesis of what we do. And if you think about there's some really successful restaurants, Ad Hoc, I mean, that was born from just the idea of let's just make food that we would eat around our family table. Focus on one thing and like focus, each night. And people really like that yeah. concept. So the... So there was that sort of movement or that that we started thinking. And I think that's in catering, there's this whole new wave, just like food trucks, mm-hmm. just like that are thinking outside of the box. There's some really good chefs that are on those on those food trucks. And the same thing with catering right now. It's kind of like what we do is we it's this is what we do. Don't ask us to do. Don't ask me to do a something that's out of my realm. But if you like what I do, that's what I do. And I have no problem recommending it. Oftentimes people will consume, confuse the name smoke with barbecue. Mm-hmm. And so people will call me up and say, hey, I'm looking for full-on barbecue. And I say, I say it's not necessarily what I do. I can cook with an open fire. Right. But I but I'm not your barbecue guy. Right. You're not smoking things for hours on end, you know, overnight. No, and... you know, I I will cook a, a whole animal overnight. Okay. And we have a giant wood burning oven that we it's use. It's just not southern sauce, which right. is wonderful in its own right. It's just not not what you do. Right. I'm from California. Right. I California food. I'm you know, and that's that's my heritage. Sam you know, barbecue. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not not necessarily tied to Texas sweet molasses mm-hmm. ketchup based barbecue. And by the way, that doesn't really work with wine. The general rule of food and wine pairing is you want your food you don't want your food to be any sweeter than your wine, which means dry. So okay. sweet sauces and or barbecue. I mean, it's fun with Zinfandels and things like that. I think that's you know definitely one of the sort of uh, benefits that we can bring in our business is you know the sort of food and wine pairing knowledge. You right. Know, You're very knowledgeable about wine been, as well. You know, as food. winery chef and you know myself having worked for wineries, just understanding how things work, how you know 
wineries would like things and even from a consumer side. I mean, I love planning events and, yeah. you know, just understanding the details that are important to people and that they appreciate and value. We want them to have that experience, which ultimately, you know, that's what happened with our business. It's now a full full-blown catering operation and that's just happened over time you know just understanding where we wanted to go to and what we wanted to be able to offer and that's why we do our own events because that's a great place to showcase you know the two sides of our sort of business you know i mentioned to you we we yeah. also import wines from south america and we right focus on, mm-hmm, we focus on uruguay at the moment um wines yeah. from uruguay Yes, uh, we do have some wines from Argentina and Chile, and we have imported those before, but um, we have a wonderful winery uh, called Juanico um, and import wines uh, here. And um, so we do an Argentinian asado every year. Uh, We're going on our fifth year. Now, this is a chance because many of your events are private events. Uh, A winery, a company, a family, whoever will hire you to cook for them. But this is a chance for really anybody to come experience your cooking. This is one of your asada dinners. Yes, and what we love about it is we get to do everything. It's it's sort of with our. It's like sort of having a party. We love you know entertaining and having people over. So we get to do it on a larger scale for people. And this particular event happens to have sort of a South American influence. Um, we do another event in October, which is the farm to grill to table event, and we partner with our friends at Big Ranch Farms, Mark and Teresa. Cool. Um, so that's a way to show people that we're not, you know, we, we do open fire and we can do something like an Argentinian asado or we can do a farm to table event. You know, just we're not limited by by that. It's I, I've yet to go to one of these. I only hear raves about the food and, and the wine and the beautiful settings you do them out in the vineyard. So how do folks get to be on the list to come to one of these? Contact Irma. They would email yeah. me. We have information on our websites, um, both Taste Vino, Taste Vino, Taste-Vino.com or SmokeOpenFire.com. Uh, and uh, you just email me, and uh, we're, we're selling out our seats for our asado pretty quickly. So, What's that going to run somebody, and what do they get? Not, well, it, we, we started this event for our uh, small wine club, so the price is very reasonable. Oh, okay. Um, so a multi-course dinner paired with wines uh, for $95 for non-club members. Wow. That's not bad. No, it's fantastic. It's not. Both of these that events are down wine. Yeah, ninety five bucks. Yeah, and and we the and for these now. are non revenue generating for us. <laughs> um, it's an opportunity for us to to showcase what we do and and get imagery for our website. And I can't tell you how many times people blog. call us up mm-hmm. who have not seen our website and they go, I have this idea. I have. I, I want a meal in a vineyard. I, I want to see some fire in the background. <laughs> I want this really elegant thing going on. I want to all be local, sustainable. I'm like, all right, go to www.smokeopenfire.com, hit the blog, and hit our one of our blog postings. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what I want. Can you do the whole thing? The yes. photos are gorgeous on yeah. your website. And you... Certainly, you put the picture in people's heads. I think exactly. If you can dream this, like what your dream setting would be, then go to your website. It's it's going to match. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that's, uh, that's the work of our talented uh, photographer, uh, Quentin Bacon. Mm. Quentin Curtis Bacon. Yeah. And and and, and just it's communicating that because a, a picture speaks a thousand words. And if I can drive people to the website to check it out, then they they get the whole concept. They get over this idea that we might be Southern barbecue. The other other thing that's very sort of useful for us, being being a focused caterer and a chef-driven business like we are, is 
similar to what a restaurant, the new restaurant model. Back in the old days, in the 70s and 80s, you opened a restaurant, it was Continental Cuisine. Yeah. Now, they're chef-driven restaurants. You drive up and down the valley, these are, and that's what our catering business is, very similar to that model. We just happen to be mobile. And so then the people will see what they want, but also, when people book us for an event, they also, I, I encourage people, to, you know, put us, like, not, it's catered, it's smoke open fires doing the work. Right. Or have a link on your website or your evite, and that and creates kind of a buzz because it does. And there's there's added value for the client, and there's added value for us in appreciation because pe- because people are like making an effort to go. These people are special. They're cool. Uh, they spend money. I spend a lot more money on food and labor than a lot of other people in my industry, and I do that simply just because you can't fake quality. Mm-hmm. And good people also. So it's, for me, it's worth spending a little bit more money on those things because people go that are from nowhere, say they're from parts of the country that are not into food, but they come and they taste things. Wrong. I don't know why it's good. It's just a little better than average. You know what I mean? It's, it's just better. And, and right. what would you do to it? Well, I put salt and pepper on it. But it was really good chicken. It was, you know, Mary's air-chilled chicken from Sonoma County. And you knew what to do with it. And we knew what to do with it. When That's is the next uh, dinner that folks can come to? Well, um, before the the events, we um, are going to be at Bottle Rock. Ah. So that's coming up. Yes. Uh, at the end of this month. At okay. the end of this month. So Bottle Rock. What are you doing over there? Well, last year we did a Argentinian sausage sandwich, which was called Choripan. Oh, this is a recipe you guys even had in, I think, Sunset Magazine. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we got featured in Sunset. Very cool. That. It was very cool. Uh, and that, that, was, that was very cool, but it had a had a connotation of like, what is that? Jody Pond, people would have to read it. Ah. This year... We're going to keep it simple. This year, we're going to keep it simple. So we're just, we're going to fry chicken. We're gonna, I, do, wow. I do these fried chicken parties, and I figured this year, kind of like people go, I don't have to explain what it is. It's fried chicken. <laughs> now, hold on. Fried chicken over open fire? No. So that was, okay. a, that's a comp, you know, when you're doing a festival... And open fire and tents and okay, local fire departments and cast, all this stuff. And it's 100 cans. degrees out And anyway. it's 100 degrees. It can be, It's a little challenging. And also because the fire department requires that the grills are 20 feet from tents and all oh. these sorts. So there's a logistical aspect. You'd be running all day back and forth. Yeah, yeah. so this year. And then so what I we developed, and I've been doing this for years. It was our 4th of July party that we used to throw at our house. But now we we do these fried chicken parties, and I have these giant cast iron pots that hold five gallons of oil. And so we're frying chicken. We can do 25, 30 pieces. I'll just have 10 of these pots going basically all day long. So it's going to be traditional fried chip, buttermilk fried chicken, Great. organic birds. And I think that's pretty much a festival food if I've ever seen one. Sounds great. So you got Bottle Rock coming up, then yes. your Asada then dinner. Actually, we're, we're going to do, uh, we're going to participate. We're going to be the food vendor at the Creativity Jam at DeRosa oh, Preserve. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's we'll a great day. I think we're going to do a little bit of Latin fair. Great yeah. to bring the kids up yes. there. Kids projects, we experienced art it projects. Last year, and it was so much fun. Love what they're doing there. And uh, Nimbus Arts is a part of it. They do great crafts for people. So, what do you cook with kids in mind? Well, that was Irma sort of drove this one here, and another sort of I do this fried chicken thing, mm-hmm. and because. Remember, I'm a Mexican, Mexican citizen, right? My mm-hmm. wife, I married into a Latin family. <laughs> so I have affinity for for Mexican flavors. Right. So we're going to go Latin on it. So we're going to do a bunch of tostadas for the most part. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. And uh, keep it, you know, that way kids can get into it, adults. Sure. Chicken tostadas and, 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 and I And Irma and I, honestly, we 
couple because I do so much meat. Uh, a couple times a year, we go on a vegan diet ourselves. Oh no, kidding! And, and we love vegetables, so we. I've we'll, learned to love vegetables, and we and we focus on that as well. So that's always been. I take as much. I actually take more pride in vegetable cookery than protein cookery. Because I think it's actually more difficult and more complex. I think they're they're more delicate too. Exactly. You, know, you really have to know what you're doing. And if you look at the best restaurants in the country right now, they're focusing on vegetables also. Mm. Yeah. Well, and that's the direction that a lot of our clients, you know, they we it's not difficult for us to do, you know, have a menu that can easily cater to, you know, people with dietary restrictions or gluten free or yeah. vegan. It's it's an easy transition for us. That's great. That's yeah. great. Um, so the, and then, so, and then, and then the we get to the Osado dinner. Sorry. Okay, June twenty eighth. Yes. June twenty eighth. That's a Saturday night. It is. And there are seats there, available. There still? are still some seats available. I'm about uh, just over half sold. So all right. So and it will sell out. It always. Sells. Oh, it sells out every year. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, smokeopenfire.com is where you can find the contact information. Yes. To, yes, you can email to Irma at smokeopenfire.com. Say that one more time. I might have been talking over you. Sure, sure. You can email Irma at smokeopenfire.com. And say, I want to go June 28th. And say, yep. I'm interested in your asado on June 28th. Correct. Or just hit info, and that'll that'll end up in my email box, and hopefully I'll forward that <laughs> if I'm not too busy. We're getting into grilling season. Yep. And uh, not that it's competition, but, you know, everybody likes to do a little backyard grilling yep. in the spring and the summer. A lot of folks are intimidated by the grill. They get them, not exactly sure. Is there something, a little bit of advice you could give just the, uh, you know, the home cook not to be afraid of the grill of, What's yeah, something you can do to I ease folks' minds? You know, I, I, I'm a little particular about it. Um, I cook only with wood. Um, and for me, that's important because there's wood and there's flavor and there's real mm-hmm. smoke coming off of that that's going to add a little bit of flavor. Uh, for me, I like to use a lot of cast iron. And that's I, I invested in a whole set of cast iron, which, by the way, if you go on overstock.com, is almost... <laughs> You can't believe they're selling it for that cheap. Really? Oh, yeah, because the thing weighs 100 pounds, and it's you know you get six pieces for 100 bucks. And you're like, how did they sh- do this shipping, shipping. In- included for? But I, I like I like using that. So like, stick a pan directly on the fire and use that, mm. or on your grill. If you have a gas grill, that's fine. But just use that as like almost like a plancha or something like right. that. Right. So if you're getting um, cooking over wood, then it kind of you get a little, a little kiss of the smoke. Exactly. You know, I similar see. to like Chez Panie doing their, doing all their stews and soups and stuff like that on the hearth right there. Oh, so if right. you go upstairs, you'll see in their kitchen. That was sort of the, sort of the, the thing that was always in the back of my mind when I started thinking about this food was, all right. So the Chez Panie is doing all this stuff mm-hmm. over an open fire with a hearth and Why cast iron pots. You know, might as well take this on. So in the backyard. You know, I like to use paella pans and cast iron pots and pans to cook with a little bit. And those are that's a good time. And so find some I, wood I, and cook in pans. I know yep. you had uh, recently um, had uh, Hugh Carpenter on your show. Yeah, yeah. And we're actually talking. Morgan has done cooking classes with Hugh the last few years. Um, oh, how it's, fun! It's yeah, been, he's a kick. He it's, is. It's great. It's been Argentinian asados, but this year he's proposing um, cast iron. Uh, cast iron cooking yeah. uh, cooking class Open that we'll do. I believe it's Silverado Vineyards in their kitchen there, so it's a really beautiful that's another kitchen opportunity. Upstairs. And will information be on your website? We'll add that. that. Yeah, we'll okay. add that as well. You brought along, Morgan. This is Morgan's salty nuts. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> did I just say that on the radio? You did. <laughs> okay. 
I'm about to enjoy some of Morgan's salty nuts right here. Enjoy. Live on air. Tell, tell me about this. Lauren, you want some salty nuts? Just one, please. One nut. We want to Go fill ahead. them up, right? So while I'm munching on this, tell me this is a product you make, you sell. Yes, exactly. So we, um, we, we mm. took over the old Foothill Grail, the old Foothill Cafe on Old Sonoma Road. Right. And there's a giant old wood-burning oven in there. So what we do is we roast them in there for a couple hours at a low temperature. Uh, and they're just California almonds. And then we finish them with a little black pepper, sea salt, and olive oil. Real simple, real clean. We're, they're available at Valerga, Sunshine Market, Oxbow Wine Merchant, a few wineries around the valley sell them as well. Oh, so wonderful. And on, on our website as well. Exactly. Golly, this is good. If <laughs> I was Roger Ebert, I'd give it two thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, you're Lauren Mole. You can still give it two thumbs up. Fantastic. You have the authority. My mouth is full of your salty nuts. They're <laughs> <laughs> delicious. Um, I recommend to you all, good wine pairing, I'm sure, with many... Spicy wines. Big spicy ones. Syrahs, Pinot Noirs, things yeah, like that. I could totally see that. Um, what do you guys do for fun? Sounds like you're busy, busy, but you know, here in Napa Valley, you've got little ones. What do you... Giants games? Yeah, yeah. you guys big Dining. baseball fans, giant fans? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like... Uh, I'm a big movie person, so whenever... I don't get to go as often as I used to, and I sort of tend to have to go to the, the kid movies these days, but... <laughs> Um, we um, we love the film festivals. We um, Napa we, Valley Film Festival, Napa, Napa Valley and Sonoma, and Sonoma. But um, we we did the Napa Film Festival the last three years in a row. Correct. And I take full advantage, and I my my babysitter's booked so that we can enjoy as many shows as oh, we can. Great. In between Morgan cooking, I, I drag him to to all the great films. Last year was an exceptional year. I thought the gala last year was unbelievable. I couldn't believe you know we were. I can't believe Napa wonderful... had a party like that. Yeah. It was, Did you it was attend? It was amazing. No, I've, I've been out of town. I think every wow. film oh, fe- we have this go. annual trip we go on, and it seems to always coincide you know with the film fest. You know what's really neat about the film festival, uh, the Napa Valley Film Festival, is that the everybody dresses up. And in here, everything's so casual that it's kind of fun for one or two nights to see everybody dressed up in ballroom attire. Doesn't that make an event when folks really... Set it aside and dress Definitely. up. Uh, I've got to ask you before we go, because you are such uh, well-known uh, chefs here in Napa Valley. You know food. Uh, but do you go nuts for donuts? I uh, love donuts. I've right. been avoiding donuts. Well, you can't avoid them today. There's the uh, pink box from Buttercream. Right. Pop, my, pop it see, open. Let's see if my favorite to, one is there. I want you to quickly pick one of those out. Let's see which one you go for. She went for the chocolate donut. Chocolate, figure, chocolate right? raised. All right. And Morgan. All right. The I'll, crumb. I will. All right. Do Just it. Like so, done. so tell me, if you were going to um, serve this with one of your open fire <laughs> dishes, the crumb donut would go with, and what kind of wood? Smoke. Um, I, you know, I, you know, probably like an almond wood, right? Almond wood. And uh, maybe some candied bacon, right? Oh, that's what All I right. Say. That All sounds right. delicious. Irma, the chocolate raised. Mm, I was going to say uh, bacon, but I'm going to say with our um, salty nuts. Salty well, nuts. Well, here's now your chance. Talking, go ahead. Right. Yeah, there you go. And now it's time to play everyone's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This is Madlet. That's right. It's our favorite word game. I think uh, you folks know how this game goes. You've you've told me you're listeners to the show, so you've heard I prepared. it played yeah. before you prepared. <laughs> All right, so here we go. I don't have any more explaining to do. I need an adjective. Rancid. <laughs> okay, rancid. That's... What we don't want to have. No, but it's a funny word. Uh, a number, any number? Seven Billion. Seven billion. In billions and billions. 
Okay, a geographic location. This could be anywhere. Well, I'm always threatening to take Irma here for a special date, so Vallejo, California. Vallejo. Oh, got it. Uh, <laughs> the other city by the Take her down by the romantic waterfront of Vallejo. You might meet our captain, uh, Wiley Raven, the Judd's Hill wine pirate. He often frequents that area. Uh, another geographic location. Ooh, uh, how about Punta del Este in Uruguay? Punta, say that again. <laughs> I think I got it. We don't, want, we don't want Morgan to say that. Yeah, he, seems to, that. he seems to screw up the first word. Uruguay. Okay. Yeah, you got to be careful with that one. Pronunciation is key. Uh, plural noun. I'm going to go with, I think I'll honor Francisco, my son. So we're going to go peoples. Peoples. <laughs> That's a good plural Not noun. Not people, but peoples. <laughs> right, gotcha. And yet another plural noun. Uh, well, since you honored our son, how about our daughter, Singers? Because she loves to sing. She's a, okay, great. Here we go. All right. Earlier today, I went onto your website and also looked at the biographical information that you had sent over and picked out portions of that, which you've now just rewritten <laughs> via this Mad Libs game. Wow. Are you ready? Here we go. <clears throat> and this is off of your own information. Oy. And I'm going to read quick. Morgan Robinson is the proprietor of Smoke Open Fire Cooking located in Napa, California. A rancid trained chef with <laughs> more oh that's terrible with more than seven billion years experience at some of the finest wineries in Napa Valley. <clears throat> Morgan cooked in restaurants throughout his college years at Southern Vallejo State University right. <laughs> in Ashland and then pursued an additional degree at the elite New England Culinary Institute in Punta del Este, Uruguay. All right. <laughs> I want to go there. <laughs> now, Irma was born in the Bay Area um, to her parents who immigrated from Mexico. Irma has always been drawn to the excitement and peoples available in the Bay Area, <laughs> uh, including watching the San Francisco Giants. Yes. In the late 90s, Irma moved to Melbourne, Australia, where her real passion for food and singers truly Aww. began. That is very sweet. I want to thank you both, Morgan, Irma, Robinson, <laughs> Smoke, you, Open Fire Cooking, for joining me here today. It's been a lot of fun. We've had fun. Thank you. And this is Lauren Moll reminding you, help control the pet population. Have your pet spayed or neutered. Chad's Napa Valley Show.